Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industry for over 40 years. I'm your host, Andrew Kreider, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts. I want to begin today with discussing the 777 modification being done at KMC, or Kansas Modification Center. We published a story earlier this week about the center's pursuit of their own STC. And I want to highlight some comments we received after the story was originally published. The original story included that KMC had selected Telair for the use of their cargo handling system on its 777-300 ERCF freighter conversion. The conversion house, which is in partnership with Wichita State University's NIAR, is modifying the 2008 vintage unit 37704. That's an ex-Emirates air, airframe. After we ran the story, NIAR t- told CargoFax that Telair will be uh, certifying its installation of the cargo handling system under a separate STC that's going to be accomplished in conjunction with KMC's 777 STC. NIAR also said that it would been in the search for a cargo handling system for the last few years, starting that search in 2021, and it involved three major providers uh, in the market. Well, and it was an interesting week, wasn't it? Because actually <laughs> we had another story about cargo loading systems and that the NIAR announcement came immediately after um, Ancra emerged as the, the victor in the competition for the CLS on the new A350 freighter. Now we know that Airbus had been obviously also been talking to the main uh, suppliers, CLS suppliers in the market, um, and in the end they they chose Ankara. Uh, Ankara, of course, is already supplying the cargo loading systems um, on almost all Airbus freighter aircraft, uh, whether that's the production frames or conversions. Not all, but uh, most Airbus freighters. Next, we saw Ukraine President. Volodymyr Zelensky posting a photo earlier this week posing with a model uh, Antonov-225, the famous cargo aircraft that was destroyed after the Russian invasion of the Ukraine in late February. Since the onset of the war, the aircraft has become an increasingly an icon for Ukrainian pride and industrial power. Zelensky originally asked for a total of $800 million to rebuild the iconic aircraft. At the same time, Antonov-225 Captain Dmitro Antonov has been taking interviews to discuss the plans to rebuild the aircraft. According to those published reports, the Ukrainian aircraft manufacturer will use the second Antonov-225 airframe to rebuild the legacy cargo aircraft. When originally constructed, the Soviet Union had built two airframes. However, the second airframe was never completed by the time of the fall of the Soviet Union. That airframe has remained in a state of disrepair and lack of completion um, since the 1980s. Uh, It was subject to speculation, however, in the mid-2000s for potential buyers in China to build the aircraft and use it as parts of space launches. Although those uh, promises never came to fruition, it looks like there's still a future for that aircraft. Certainly continue to follow Cargo Facts uh, for more developments on that aircraft, as well as uh, Ukraine and Russia-related cargo stories. Next, Jeff, there were a number of 737 transactions that happened this week. I'd, I'd, let's, let's give a rundown for them. 
Sure. Uh, I was going to say what week doesn't go by without any uh, 737 related <laughs> news, whether that's NGs or classics. Um, but in this case, um, let's talk about some of the NG news that um, happened this week. Because um, first of all, you know, Aero Capital Solutions, um, the Texas-based lessor, placed an order, another order for more 737-800SF conversions with AEI. Uh, this one was for six, um, and these are all taking place in 2024 um, in facilities in China. Um, and this actually brings the total ACS order book with AEI to 40 737-800SFs. Um, so, you know, they were already the largest customer, but then just continue to, to add more now. And we talked to, to ACS um, and they said that basically um, it sounds like they're basically strengthening their position and getting the their foot in the door um, with more slots. They don't necessarily have um, customer commitments yet, but bear in mind, these are still a couple of years away. Um, and, you know, the question is, how, what is potentially driving all this um, growth? Because we know that ACS has leased um, six of its 800 SF so far to Amazon um, and a couple of others, one to Georgian Airways and then one to um, BAE Systems in the UK. Um, and there are already a couple um, that should be um, coming out of conversion soon or heading off to their, their lessees. So we'll see whether um, they continue to head to um, Amazon um, for operations either in Europe or, or the US, um, and maybe we'll even see some new customers. Um, and then moving on to uh, Asia, we saw uh, My Indo Airlines in Indonesia becoming the first in the country to um, take a 737-800. Um, and this is a BCF, um, which is very interesting. The, so the airline had previously told us um, that they were looking at 800s. And so, I mean, it looks like they've finally done it. But at the same time, they've re just recently also been um, adding to their fleet with classics. So um, we'll, it'll be interesting to see whether they, they continue kind of the two-pronged uh, approach to their, their fleet growth, both classics and NGs. Um, and then just to round it off, uh, just a couple of movements um, ahead of induction and redeliveries. So, and those involved um, ASL Airlines, uh, Chrono Aviation in Canada, and uh, DHL Express. Lastly, I want to bring everyone's attention to a really fun item that we had for Friday. Uh, it begins with a 1991 vintage unit 25226. And that's a nose loading production 747-200F. Now, it had been retired in 2014 and um, remained in storage since, but has since moved on and uh, flown to Jakarta to presumably enter maintenance, perhaps for reactivation. Now, the fun thing about here is it involves a Florida man, specifically a, a certain individual who has registered the company that owns the 747 as White Walker. The Game of Thrones references only begin there. Uh, this individual has a number of uh, companies uh, related uh, to them on, uh, according to Florida uh, government reporting as on business filings, all of which have Game of Thrones reference. Jeff, what was your favorite Game of Thrones reference that we found on the paperwork um, related to White Walker Inc.? 
Wine Walker Holdings. Um, I well, I liked all of them, but I have to say um, the White Walker reference here is particularly appropriate, given um, that we're talking about bringing an aircraft um, out of well, not not. It's out, been out of resurrected. It's, right. it's coming back. It, <laughs> from I was going to say from death, but clearly it wasn't a death. But uh, from certainly it seemed like it was pretty much dead because uh, it had been in storage for eight years. It had um, died north of the wall after being after ending its watch with Martin Air Holland in 2014. And now it's um, coming back to the realm uh to enter service we'll see when i mean i don't know when how much maintenance how much work is going to be involved but you would think uh you know there's some rusty bits here and there and a bit of armor to rebuild we can only see what the lord of light is able to tell us about this story as time goes on uh, all we're able to function off of right now is what's come to us in visages um and what we hear through a network of birds and whispers. I was going to say the Lord of Light doesn't like to tell anybody anything, really. I I, I think you you're projecting your own darkness and shadows in the, from a night that's full of right. I haven't simple... seen the light yet. <laughs> <laughs> but look at look at all these names. I mean, Direwolf Holdings, Wolfswood Holdings. One and there's a Sansa LLC, and then there's a POTR, which I would assume, if it's indeed a Game of Thrones reference, it would be Protector of the Realm. Um, but there's also an interesting one that maybe isn't uh, GOT related, but Siete Se Siete Inc. Um, that, yeah, well, I, I, I do wonder what, uh, so yeah, like what is behind all this and what's what's behind the, the Game of Thrones references. Well, the gauntlet has certainly been thrown down for the air cargo industry to come up with better and more creative names and allusions to popular fiction novels and TV shows. But before we get carried away, I'm going to say that's all the time we have for today. To those of you listening, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect. For more multimediate content like this, check out CargoFacts.com and search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify. Join us again next time. 